Alright ladies and gentlemen, we are back here in the ring for another episode of Just Freaking Wrestling, the JFW Podcast. Hosted this week, going solo is Travesty. Uh, Dizzle J cannot be here this evening. Uh, when uh, the holiday seasons come around, family things come up. So, he's out enjoying himself with his uh, with his loved ones. And since I have no loved ones, I am here running the show on my own. Um... This is going to be new. This is going to be a little bit different for me because I have never in my year and a half of doing this podcasted on my own. So um, this show is either going to be really fun or it's going to crap out completely. But either way, I'm going to do it because I want to commit this show to the weekly uh, dedication that we said that we're going to do. So if that means I'm doing it by myself, I'm going to go ahead and do it by myself. Um... This week, I just kind of asked everyone to just ask me a couple questions about wrestling, kind of get my input and my thoughts and feelings about uh, certain things in the wrestling business. So, the questions I were asked were a broad spectrum. Uh, okay, I'm not even going to try to use a fancy word because I can't fucking say it. Um, an array, a fast, vast, vast, vast difference in all these questions, which I'm in, I, I enjoy that. Uh, it's going to be some questions about the past, uh, a little bit current, maybe a little bit future. I can't remember. i got to look at all the questions. Uh, some stupid questions, which I'm okay with, too, and I will answer them to the best of my ability. But before we begin into that, I just want to give everyone a quick reminder of what's coming up uh, as far as indie wrestling-wise um, next month. So Friday, uh, July 7th, you know, for everyone who listened to last week's show, uh, Rise is going to be in Berwyn. So, uh, it's uh, an all-female wrestling company, so a lot of, uh, you know, women wrestling, all women wrestling, to be honest with you, I can't even say, you know, a lot, because it is all of it. I, it's unfortunate I'm not going to be able to see this, because I have to work Friday night, and I'm going to miss it, but hopefully, maybe sometime in the future, this company ends up having a Saturday show that I can make it to that. So, for the time being, I ain't going to make it, but make sure you guys can... Again, it's Friday, July 7th in Berwyn. Uh, meet and greet at 7 p.m. so you can meet some of the wrestlers beforehand. Also, if you want to find tickets, you can find tickets at ecwid.com or find them on Facebook, Rise, and you get all the information there. If you're looking for a front row seat ticket, I'm not sure if they have any more available, but if you do, they're just $30. So, you know, take the deal when you can. Also coming up in July, uh, the 22nd, which is a Saturday in which I will be there along with Dizzle J, SCW Meltdown. Really excited to go to this. It's been a couple months since I've been to an SCW show because they haven't been on uh, Saturday in a while, so I'm super excited to get back to this. I'm going to see uh, the newly crowned tag team champions there, so I'm, ex- I'm super excited to see that. A lot of great matches coming up. I haven't got the cards yet, but uh, if I know... Uh, President Keats, like I know President Keats, which I don't know him a lot, but I, I know him enough from what I've seen. He's going to have a great card. He's going to have a great show. I recommend everybody getting down to the Shaban Civic Center and seeing this show. Doors open at 6 p.m. The bell starts at 7. It gives you an hour to get in, get your seats, and get settled in. And again, uh, pre-sales for these, you can find them at Genesis Martial Arts and Fitness, or you can find them at Fit Body U which is on Larry Power Road, both in Bradley. So if you're in the Bradley, Bermuda, Kink area, and you know that, know those locations, you can pre-order your tickets for $10. Great value, great opportunity, see some great wrestling. I'm excited I'm going to be there. If you guys are going to be there and see me, want to get a picture and autograph, hey, I'm, I'm up to do that. I'm here for the fans. So, 
Um, you know, it's funny because I got all that information off of our website. That's right. All that information on our website. I know you're probably thinking, Travis, I know you mentioned it a bunch of times, but what is that website? Well, let me tell you what it is. It's just freaking wrestling.myfreesites.net. Uh, you can go there. You can check out the main event page, which shows you the local indie shows that we know about. If you go to that page and you don't see an indie show that's on there and you want us to know about, tell us about it. Let us know what it is, and we'll throw it up on the site for you because we want this site to be an all-stop shop for indie wrestlers. And the people are like, hey, listen, I got some free time this weekend. I want to see some wrestling. Where can I go? You go on this site. We're hoping that as soon as you click on it, you go to tonight's main event page. Boom. Indie wrestling all throughout the uh, Chicagoland area. That's what we're hoping for, and that's our goal. And what we need is your guys' help to make that happen. Also on this website, you got Tale of the Tape, which is the brief biography of uh, indie wrestlers. We got some up there. I would love to get more. Again, you know, with the help of you guys, hopefully we can get this going and make this bigger. I would love to get bios of as many wrestlers as I can on here. Um... Some of the sites still not completely 100% done. If you look at the freaking club section, uh, all it has is a picture of me and Dizzle J. Crappy picture, but it's a picture nonetheless. We're going to fill up some information about us as we go. And also to get on the card section of there, you know, you just put in your name, your email, and, you know, just a message you want to share with us. Uh, a question, a comment, a concern. Uh, if you want to be on the show or if you know of a show, this is where you can contact us. And obviously there's links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, along the left-hand side. Make sure you check out the page. Make sure uh, you know you take um, take advantage of this opportunity because what we're trying to build here is incredible, and we can only build it with the help of you guys. Okay. That being said, uh, let's kind of just roll into the questions here. I don't know how long this episode is gonna be. Uh, it could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour. It all depends on how in depth I get with these questions. Like I said. Not a lot not a lot going on this week. And with it just being me, there's really no one I can communicate with going back and forth and talking. It's literally all travesty. So if I am the worst part of this show and you're still listening to this, I want to shake your hand and applaud you. I'm going to give you a little clap. Not a lot. It probably, it probably sounds like nuts slapping against the leg, but it wasn't. Truly, it was just a clap. But I don't want to do too much because I don't want the explosion of noise to go through, bust out your ears, and you never hear another episode again. All right, so I want to kind of start out with the first question that was uh, brought to my attention. Uh, this came on Facebook from uh, from our listeners, uh, David Kehoe, which uh, <laughs> I guess he's not really a podcast listener, so really he's not going to hear these answers. But uh, I will message it to him. And I'm glad he's a fan. I'm glad he likes the page because. You know, it doesn't matter if you listen to the podcast or if you're going to watch our future YouTube shows that we're going to create. If you get involved, and that's what matters to me. Uh, the first question he came up with, he wanted to ask me, is like, who was the better tag team between uh, Crusher and Dick the Bruiser or the Road Warriors? And uh, to be completely honest with, uh, with the question here, it's very biased, very one-sided. Because I'm going to pick the Road Warriors. And the only reason I would pick the Road Warriors is because I watched the Road Warriors wrestle. Uh, they were around uh, later um, at, later at the end of the uh, 1900s, if you will. Um, and that's when I started watching wrestling. Like, I'm still a young fucking kid, so 
a lot of the shit from back in the day I didn't spend too much time uh, watching. Uh, clips and stuff I could watch, I did check out. But um, the biggest thing, a lot of the, you know, the answers to the question I'm going to have is you have to look at the numbers and you have to look at facts because uh, they make a uh, they make um, the decision uh, a lot easier when you sit there and look at the facts. And what I was trying to look at, so if you when you look at Dick the Bruiser and you look at Road Warriors, they both have been wrestling for about 20 years together as a tag team. Granted, Crusher and Dick the Bruiser were on and off the pan the territories they wrestled in. Uh, Road Warriors, 20 years of being, you know, the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, LOD 2000, whatever they were called, they were always together. They're always a great team. <laughs> when push comes to shove at the end of the day, though, when you look at title reigns and everything, uh, Road Warriors won a little bit more. They, they, if I if I looked at it right, between WWE, AWA, NWA, and in Japan, they won about 15 tag team titles uh, jointly together. Dick the Bruiser and Crusher, again, not far off. They got end up getting 12 tag teams together between NWA, AWA, and WWA. Um, they did win uh, Tag Team Champions of the Year in 1972. Again, you know, awesome. But uh, Legion of Doom, I believe, won it four times. Uh, so when you sit there and you look at the numbers and everything, you think, like, they're pretty similar and they're pretty close to being the same tag team different generations different errors you know eras not errors <laughs> fuck god i suck at doing this alone different eras um so in my opinion i have to go with uh the road warriors hawk and animal and plus the biggest thing is like when you sit there and listen to their promos and you have hawk you know do that catchphrase that what a rush but he does it in his own way which is that gravelly Oh my God, that noise! It that was one of the greatest beginnings to a theme to an entrance song that I've ever heard, and I love the way they ended their uh, the promos with it. So charismatic, um, you know, the face paint, the mohawks, and everything. It, they just they they gave you a show, and that's what I loved about the tag team. Take the Bruiser, uh, Crusher. You know, they were they were clean cut guys who just went out there. And they just kicked ass. I read in an article about them that sometimes in matches, if they felt that they didn't beat down beat down their opponents well enough, they just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> I mean, that is commitment to an ass whooping, and I gotta applaud them for that. And I would never take away anything from how tough they were. But I would always go with the Road Warriors because Road Warriors are one of my favorite tag teams. I'm not sure. If I, and I have a shit memory, so maybe someone can tell me if I was right or wrong on this. And I can easily go back and look at myself, but why would I do that? I believe I put the Road Warriors in my uh, dream Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, so, <sighs> definitely going to Road, uh, Road Warriors uh, just based on personal feelings and stuff. Another question you asked me is, like, you know, who was a better wrestler between Vern Gagne and uh, his son Greg Gagne? Um, again, this one, to look at it logically, to look at biasly, I would say Vern Gagne was the better wrestler. And the only reason I say that is they're both tremendous wrestlers for their time, no doubt, but Greg learned from Vern. You know, I mean, like, you want to be the best, you need to be trained by the best. It's like Ric Flair said, and Ric Flair 
trained by Vern Gagne as well said, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Vern Gagne trained many, many big-name superstars uh, through his career. Um, between, uh, you know, Ric Flair, Gene Anderson, Oldie Anderson, even Dick the Bruiser, you know, Lars Anderson, uh, Kerr Henning, the Iron Sheik, Blackjack Mulligan, you know, Scott Norton. You know, he he trained a lot of these well-known guys, including his son, Greg. You know, I mean, I think in total, there was about 93 wrestlers that he uh, he trained himself, uh, was either part of it or trained fully. So, I mean, when you sit there and you're able to distill that knowledge into those people, especially the ones that I named who went on to have decent careers, I mean, Ric Flair is one of the greatest champions in the world, and he was trained by, you know, Vern Gagne himself. So because of that, I believe that Vern Gagne is better than um, than his son, Greg. And keep in mind, if any of you feel that you disagree with what I'm saying, please let me know, because I encourage arguments, and I encourage, you know, a debate. Because, again, I mean, these are opinions, and I would love to hear yours. You know, if you feel Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher were better than Road Warriors, you let me know. If you feel Greg was better than Vern, let me know. You go on our Facebook, you go on our Twitter, and you tell me, hey, Travesty, you know, I would like to respectfully disagree. Or, hey, dipshit, you're fucking wrong. Either way, you tell me, I'll listen. I would love to hear your input about it. Um, the last one he put, outside of Mankind, Mick Foley, who was or is the best hardcore wrestler? <laughs> Um, the, the logical choice here is Terry Funk. If you have to take away Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Do Love, how, whoever he is to you, you have to look for the guy who, who, <laughs> I mean, is, you know, shoulder to shoulder, pound for pound, a great hardcore legend like Terry Funk. I mean, there's... There's no greater man than Terry Funk when it comes to that. I mean, like, he revolutionized, you know, you know what hardcore wrestling is. He did the death matches with Cactus Jack. Hell, he was Chainsaw Charlie with Cactus Jack and WWE when he signed. He was part of ECW. He was part of the death match tournaments along with Cactus Jack. I mean, there were other great, like, I wouldn't even want to call them hardcore uh, wrestlers, but I mean, like, I mean, like, Definitely, I mean, you have to call it hardcore because you can't even call it anything else. Really, I mean, what these people did, Abdullah the Butcher, coming out there with a knife, you know, in matches. You know, you get these guys who put together some of these gruesome, gruesome matches. You know, I mean, even when you look back at the ECW days, you know, with the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, Raven. Raven is probably by far. One of my favorite hardcore champion or hardcore wrestlers outside Terry Funk, because that guy did whatever it took, um, to you know, to be a hardcore wrestler. When he did those monster ball matches with Abyss and uh, uh, TNA, <laughs> those were some pretty cool matches. I'm actually trying to look up. There was a, oh god, what the hell was it? What was that match where uh? Um, it was a match, I can't remember what the hell it was, but it was back in ECW, and, uh, 
there were two guys who pretty much put tape around their hands, dipped it in uh, glass. And I'm trying to look up the information for you before, you know, I sit here and this becomes just an awkward thing of just quietness. So, uh, it is right here. July 1st, 1995, Hardcore Heaven, Ian Rotten vs. Axel Rotten. And, uh, let me, uh, let me, I'm just going to read briefly here, uh, through an article that I found. Uh, it was on whatculture.com. Um, let's begin with the blood feast of an extremely personal nature. It was the summer of 95 when the Rotten Brothers, Ian and Axel, had an idea. The first ever tap hide death match. I think I pronounced that right. Hopefully I did. If not, let me know. Where taped fists were dipped in superglue, then broken glass, then used to inflict punishment. Formerly known as the Bad Breed, excellent Ian Rotten, were fighting coming out of the mother's womb, as Paul Heyman would say. And if it blood the Philadelphia fans want, is blood that they get in this ugly massacre. Idly before the match begins, referee Bill Alfonso checks both wrestlers for foreign objects. Making matters more confusing, Alfonso stops the match for bleeding in less than a minute after Axel lands the first punch and opens a cut over the eye of Eaton. Ian. A brawl between the gangsters and the public enemies then ensue in the aisle that prompts Alfonso to leave the ring and join the chaos. Moments later, Commissioner Todd Gordon is in the ring telling the fans that Bill Alfonso has left the building. So, this was... This is the only time I can recall this happening on a televised pay-per-view match that I can remember. I mean, I could be wrong. Like I said, I I know wrestling. I'm not a historian. I'm not a record keeper of it, but I do know a large sum of uh, wrestling knowledge. So as far as I know, this is the only tap-high death match that I can think of. Um, so, but... Uh, Dave, uh, you know, I can't hear this, but to answer the questions you had, Road Warriors, Vern Gagne, Terry Funk. And I will put those up, uh, for you guys to see and everything. <sighs> a question I also had, uh, came from a buddy of mine, Matt, who, when I remember from high school, him, me, our other buddy, Matt, and our friend, Jason, we were all wrestling fans. We all talk about wrestling quite often. So he decided to be, uh, a jerk. And asked me a simple question: What is wrestling? Um, I literally was just gonna Google wrestling definition, just read a definition definition off, but I'm not gonna do that. So basically, what I'm gonna say, Matt, um, to me, wrestling in the simplest form is. Uh, I, I hope I don't get heat for this. I hope people don't bitch about it, but it's soap operas with body slams, man. I mean, I. It, it's it's guys who tell a story, you know, and they create um, they create these moments where, you know, that you guys, I mean, back in the day, people thought that these battles were real, you know, and, and, they, and they made them believe it with the stories that they were telling. So I don't want to, I don't want to do too much into it, basically for, for my, for me to say it in the simplest form, wrestling is body slams. And so it's a soap opera with body slams. Easiest form. Anyone have a problem with me saying that, please let me know because I'm just trying to do the simplest form of an answer I can give you without going too much into deep, uh, detail or being fucking Webster's Dictionary. Um, 
We had a question from Liz. If you guys know, uh, she uh, she is Jay's girlfriend, and uh, I. That's what I forgot to do. Ladies and gentlemen, so I lied to you last week, and I want to apologize for that. I said I was going to put a poll up for um, Liz's name in this company, this uh, podcast industry and stuff like that, between Lunatic, Mental Mary, or Tie-Dye, and I never did it. So I'm officially establishing right now that she will be known as Mental Mary. That's her name. That's what we're going with, because... They, they, they couldn't decide, so now I will. So welcome to the JFW Podcast family, Mental Mary. So Mary comes in and she asks me, what's my opinion on the women's first Money in the Bank ladder match? Also, what's my opinion on Daniel Bryant and the head staff on taking the Money in the Bank away from Carmella? Um, I love the fact that they did this women's money in the bank ladder match I'm surprised that they didn't do the same time sooner um, it's been a year or so since WWE has established their divas as superstars now so it's great that they did it I'm happy they did it I'm happy that Smackdown did it because it goes with the whole concept of Shane McMahon giving everyone an opportunity and I love that it's not a one-on-one match for number one contendership. I love that it's what it's, the women are doing now, what the men do, and it's establishing a money in the bank ladder match. That being said, I didn't like the fact that nothing was done in the moment that James Ellsworth got involved. Um, I like the fact that uh, Daniel Bryant uh, made a decision to take the briefcase away from her, and they redoing the match. I think that was the best choice. I think that was the right choice. Um. But if it was up to me, I would have put the briefcase back up at Money in the Bank and continued the match on. I would have had it done there because it's the pay-per-view high spot that makes a difference. Now, I don't know if the fans enjoyed it as much on SmackDown as they did on Money in the Bank because it's not technically the first ever anymore. Now it's the second one with the same exact uh, opponents, same exact uh, superstars being involved, same exact outcome. Carmella did win it back. You know what? If she's able to win it twice, congrats to her. More power to her. Um, this is actually uh, kind of a two-part question because I actually had a follow-up question from our buddy Gio, who is super involved in our show and, you know, interacting on social media. So, hey, props to you, brother, for uh, – you know, keep in touch with us. Love talking to you. Uh, his basic his question was, what's the point in redoing the Money in the Bank Women's match for her to win again? Where that? Where's Adam Cole, and who lifted the briefcase at King of the Ring '99? So let's go to the first part of this on uh, why they would redo the Money in the Bank match just for Carmel to come on top again. Um, you can sit there and you can say, hey, you know, the better man won, the better woman won, whatever, but. I think out of everyone involved in the match, I think it was Carmella's time. I think it was her moment. I think it was the best thing to do because she had that outside interference to help her out. I, As much as I would love to Becky Lynch to win because Becky Lynch is my favorite wrestler there. Don't know why. It could be the red hair. It could be the Scottish thing. Um, don't know. But... <laughs> um. I think Carmella's moment was there. I think she had the opportunity to do it. And I hope, I hope, I hope that when she catches it in, 
It's a positive uh, cash-in that she comes out on top, and they give her a run for it because she's something a little bit different now than what's there. And hopefully, it's um, you know, it brings uh, it brings a good rating, it brings a good uh, fan base to the uh, wrestling company. Um, to answer another one of your questions that you had on who raised the briefcase up at King in the Ring '99, um, there. From from looking up what it was and for looking at the possibilities, it it's so broad that you know there's it's it's rumors and theories and everything that comes to you know who did it. I know a lot of people believe that's the big boss man. I know a lot of people said that just because you know they own a company that anyone could have done it. it it's basically left up to interpretation on who really did it. Now, again, I didn't watch any videos about this. To be honest with you, I didn't look at a lot of these questions when I first recorded this. I kind of wanted to I wanted to be able to answer it from the best knowledge that I kind of had. I did look up some information when it came to the World Warriors and Dick DeBruz and stuff like that. But for the rest of it, I wanted to go off the knowledge that I had of professional wrestling. So... To go based off from what I read and from what I saw, obviously I'm going to have to go with, um, you know, I'm going to say the big boss man did it. Um, I th- from what I read, the following episode of Raw, which I'll check it out and I'll look at it and maybe I'll verify it next week and see if I'm right or not. They kind of hinted towards it the following uh, night on Raw, so I'll check that out. Um, another question you asked me was, uh, where's Adam Cole? Uh, for those of you who don't know who Adam Cole is, uh, He's he's a twenty he's twenty seven years old. He's a pro wrestler, twenty seven years old. Um, he goes he wrestles under the name Adam Cole. He is, as I can tell right now, he is in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He did a, a brief stint in WWE. He was in Ring of Honor's uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. If anyone really digs deep into wrestling, you know he he did a brief stint on that as well. Um, from time to time, you do see him on Ring of Honors. He does pop up, um, so you know, from time to time there too. So he he wrestles everywhere. Um, I know, I know from the information I put up uh, this like a month ago, um, at uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, he had a farewell match. So. Um, I mean, if anyone knows wrestling, you know, farewell matches are never forever. Sometimes people eventually come back. But, um, as of right now, it looks like he's still in New Japan. Uh, it looks like he is a member of the Bullet Club. Uh, I mean, I really can't go into much detail without digging more into it, but from where I'm showing right now, he still wrestles in New Japan. He does show up in Ring of Honor from time to time. I do believe... If um if I'm right, which pretty sure I am, but I don't want to be too arrogant about it. I think he is the current Ring of Honor um heavyweight champion. Pretty sure he is. I mean, I I really don't want to be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he is right now. So again, if I'm wrong, let me know. Double check that. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty sure he is. Pretty sure um. I'm not wrong about that. Uh, so double check that out. Let me know. God, I'm horrible at this. I fucking suck at doing this shit by myself. 
So I do apologize for you guys who have to listen and sue through this and shit. Um, I think I just have like really one more question, and we can kind of just uh, talk about a couple other things here. Now I got two more questions. Completely lied. Um, real quick, uh, my buddy Bob, uh, which I'm surprised because I totally forgot that he was a wrestling fan. I remember us talking about wrestling time time before he moved down to Florida. Which Bob, if you're down in Florida, I hope you check out NXT or NXT. Um. Yeah, you know, maybe you'll uh you take the family there and make a day out of it here. It's awesome. So Bob asked me who uh what was Pompero Ferbo's famous finishing move and what catchphrase did he have? I have never heard of this guy before in my life until uh Bob asked me. So I had to search him. I I literally I googled him, I wanted to see who he actually was. <laughs> because I, at first I didn't think he was a real fucking guy. Like, in no way that I think he was a real fucking guy. But, um, to answer the questions that you had, um, his finishing move he had was called El Garfio. Or, I think that's right. El Garfio? If that's pronounced right. It's basically Sp- the Spanish for the hook. Um, so, it was. <sighs> What the hell is it called? Uh, it was a claw hold. Um, I can't remember the actual name of it now because that's totally slipped in my mind. But Kurgan did it. If you guys remember Kurgan doing the Kurgan claw, basically, you know, you you grab the forehead, pinch the temples with the pinky and thumb, and you just squeeze until they pass out. Very simple move. Let me back in wrestling a lot of them where he did a bear hug and he did the claw hold. Um, also from what I found out and I read is that he was the first guy to do the, uh, the, oh yeah, catchphrase, the, uh, one that's known for Macho Man Randy Savage. So I thought that was pretty fucking cool. And I wasn't quite sure how real that was until I found some, uh, videos and stuff of him actually doing it so it's pretty cool it's actually there so if you guys ever get an opportunity go ahead and check that out um <laughs> so that's a good question bob i appreciate you being uh, asked me that i i didn't know if you think i'd actually try to answer it but i did i googled the guy and it exists he the guy's a real guy uh, if you guys don't know who he is under Pampero Firpo or however you pronounce it, he was also known as Ivan the Terrible. That name um, rings more of a bell than Pampero Firpo. So, either way, if you know him, let him, you know, check it out. You know, check out some of his videos. He, he definitely was a crazy motherfucker. Anyways, so last question I have asked for me and this may just end our show because like I said like I, I don't have much to talk about um Drew uh asked us a question and uh Drew Carson you're on Facebook your last name's there so I'm gonna mention your last name thanks for getting involved man I do appreciate it and this is a very good question and I would love to discuss this a little bit more uh, in modern era of cookie cutter wrestlers that look like male underwear models 
rather than legit tough guys, could the likes of Arn Anderson, Harley Race, or Stan Hansen actually have gotten over with management, let alone the crowd? I, speaking from, speaking from what I want in a wrestler is I miss the days of ground and pound fist fighting wrestlers. You look at Stone Cold Steve Austin, you look at JBL, you, even when the Undertaker was the American badass, I loved those knuckle, those knuckle pounding, I don't even know the word, I don't want to say knuckle pounding, that just sounds weird. Um... Strikers, uh, fist fighters, you know, the guys who, you know, will take you down and just beat the shit out of you. I like those guys. You know, I'm not too big into flips and, you know, high-flying moves, grappling and shit like that. I'm more of a brawler type guy. Um, for me and for guys who like wrestlers like me, I don't give a shit if you have a six-pack. I don't give a shit if you can make your pecs bounce, that your fucking delts and quads and traps and whatever, or fucking bulging out, I don't give a fuck, like, like the masterpiece Chris Masters, I loved him as a wrestler, funny guy, but, I mean, the fact that they based on his physique, I think it was sort of kind of destroying wrestling in itself, and everyone could hear the same thing, that, you know, Vince McMahon wants a certain type to be his heavyweight champion, um, yeah, and when you look at it, when you look at, you know, the the majority is those people with those physiques, the Triple H, you know, the Rock. Um, they have like that toned, you know, definition and shit like that. But not, it's not necessarily the same way. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin was fit for the most, for the majority of the time, but not always. He did kind of have that beard gut kind of grappling. So, looking at now, looking at who's in wrestling currently, and if. Stan Hansen, Arn Anderson couldn't make it. I I want to say they would. I mean, Dean Ambrose, you know, he doesn't have that physique that makes him, you know, makes him a Vince McMahon guy. Samoa Joe, you know, the I mean, these guys don't have physiques, but you know what? They're they're getting results in wrestling. And I think it's because when push comes to shove at the end of the day, it doesn't have to come down to what you look like. It has to come down to your wrestling ability. And I think they're making that well known. So uh, uh, that's all the questions I really got from everyone. So I appreciate everyone uh, asking me the questions. And you know what? It doesn't. You guys don't have to wait for me to ask, you know, four questions before you send them in. If you have questions whenever, you know, message me. I'll, I'll ask them during the shows, you know, weekly. You know, I'll plug you in the Michelle deck because I want you guys to know that we're here and we're listening to you. You know, so Gio and Mary, Bob, Dave, you know, I appreciate you guys. Drew, you know, everyone who, you know, asked a question, I appreciate that. And you can ask more than one question. I mean, Dave did and Gio did, you know, and we'll do our best to answer them the best we can. And like I said, like, I want to do, I want to do as much as I can without having to do research. When it comes to the older stuff, I'm going to have to because, you know what? I'm still trying to work on the old AWA NWA stuff, but um, but yeah, I'm kind I'm kind of short tonight. Uh, I've still got about 40 45 minutes out of the show, so it's not too bad, especially doing it by myself. If this show bored you in any way, I do apologize, and I hope you guys don't sit here and say, "Well, fuck, I don't want to listen to this anymore." You know, this this is a brief, you know, not gonna happen every time thing. 
But I was, I'm glad I was able to get out, you know, to get a show to you guys rather than just, you know, hey, we put four shows on, now we're skipping a week. I don't want to do that. I want to keep this going week by week by week. It doesn't matter who's on the microphones on someone's on and bringing you a show. Um, so make sure you guys keep in touch with us, you know, through social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, you just find us, JFW Podcast, Just Freaking Wrestling, you know, we're there, you know, we're there and we're listening to you, you know, we want you guys to get involved in this, you know, check out our website, it's linked to our Facebook, okay, there are many ways for you to get in touch with us, and there are so many ways you can listen to this, you know, you can tell your friends, hey, you got an iPhone, listen to it on Pod or iTunes, your friends got an Android, listen to it on Podbean. Everyone has the opportunity to listen to the show, and we do these shows for you guys. We don't do them for us. You know, we love doing this, but we could do the same thing, sitting at a bar, drinking a beer, and talking about this. Instead, we want to record it for you guys to hear it, because pro wrestling wouldn't be pro wrestling without fans, just like this podcast wouldn't be a podcast without fans. So make sure you guys stay involved. Thank you for coming back, you know, giving us the opportunity to do this. We want to hear from you guys. You know, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go on Instagram. Send us a comment. Give us a question. You know, if you got a concern or something, let us know. If you know of a wrestling show coming up, let us know about it too in the local area. We'll put it up on the Facebook page. We'll put it up on our website so people will know what's going on. And if you're a wrestler yourself, get in touch with us because we'd love to talk to you guys. Because, like I've said multiple, multiple times, we're not here if you're not. You know, we sh- we we live or die without you guys. So... That's going to wrap up this week. Um, it's time to ring that bell. As always, I am Travesty. Thank you for listening to Just Freaking Wrestling, the JFW Podcast. <laughs>